Welcome to the premiere episode of Selecting the Right Load Movement System, a limited series podcast about what to consider when choosing the right material handling system for your situation. I'm Eddie, one of your hosts. And I'm Joshua, co-host of the podcast series. Both of us are fascinated by the engineering that goes into moving heavy stuff. And when I say heavy stuff, we're not just talking about things like heavy boxes. We're talking about moving entire space shuttles through assembly and testing. Or moving entire houses through a modular factory. Or moving heat exchangers through a power plant. Or a several thousand year old museum piece to a new exhibit location. We're talking about components and things that can weigh tens or even hundreds of tons. Yet we still need to find a way to get them from place to place. Right, that's exactly it. And one thing that's fascinating is that there are so many options that it gets really confusing. Cranes, conveyors... Air cushion vehicles, forklifts and other industrial trucks, wheeled transfer carts, drag chains, rails, and more. We're engineers who specialize in this, and we get questions from customers all the time about how to move giant objects in their own work because they don't even know where to start. And what's fun is a lot of those customers are engineers themselves. They're just specialists in their own field, so understanding the systems they use to move things isn't their specialty. Even they often have no idea what the possibilities are. That's true. The problem is that there aren't clear-cut answers. Each of these move systems have different strengths and weaknesses. It can be a challenging and complicated process to pinpoint which system would work best in any given situation. That's right. There are almost always some kind of trade-offs. Sometimes the need for flexibility will override cost as a consideration. But it may not always be clear when flexibility needs to be the most important consideration. Other times, the sheer weight of the load might drive the decision over any other consideration. Situational factors, the facility or environment, or other needs can all affect the decision. And sometimes it gets really subtle. Beyond raw cost and logistical feasibility, you also have to think about floor condition, time to implement, safety risks, flexibility, etc. Don't forget the financial piece. These companies can be placing millions of dollars of value on the line and trusting their material handling system to work. Like, we've done a lot of work with NASA, and those satellites and orbital vehicles can cost hundreds of millions of dollars or more. You pick the wrong system to move them around and wham, you've just gone over budget, or worse, ruined the equipment. Getting this stuff from place to place doesn't sound like a big deal on the surface, but it can be extremely high stakes. Absolutely. And because of all that, we get tons of questions about it. And a while back, we started talking about how to do a podcast about figuring out the right system for moving a really heavy load. Like if you run a factory that builds airplanes and you need to move the fuselage around, how do you figure out the right solution? Well, we're going to walk through the decision-making process in this limited-run podcast series. Where do you want to start? Well, figuring out the right solution is about narrowing down the options until only one is left that meets your needs. So, we're dividing this podcast into a series of seven questions to ask. By the time you get to the last question, you should have your answer. Today, we're just introducing everything. So, let's start by presenting a quick overview of the most common equipment and systems for moving heavy loads. Then, we'll look at the seven questions that need to be asked. Sounds good. Why don't you get us started? All right. Let's start with the system you and I are both most familiar with, air casters, which are also called air bearings. These things work exactly like hovercraft. They lift huge objects on a thin, nearly frictionless film of air. As a result, even multi-ton objects can be moved just by humans pushing them around. Were you at that demo where they put a private jet on air casters and one guy moved the whole thing by himself? No, but I heard about it. That's definitely one of the big advantages of air casters. 
They require only one-tenth the force to move as something like a wheel caster for an equivalent load. So even just one or two operators can move even gigantically heavy loads. Plus, they're really flexible how you use them. You can push them just about anywhere. They fit in the footprint of the load you're moving, so you can tuck things into corners or navigate relatively tight hallways. You can rotate them in place and move them in any direction. Their major downside is that they require the floor to be in pretty good shape. There are a lot of remediation options, but if the floor is porous like concrete or has a lot of cracks or gaps, air casters won't perform so well unless you deal with those issues. They also required compressed air. Most industrial facilities will have plant air available, but it does mean you have to wrangle air hoses. Sometimes that's a bigger deal than other times. Okay, so that's air casters. Next, we've got conveyors. Oh, by the way, we're going in alphabetical order here, not favoring air casters by listing them first just because they're our favorites. Okay, so conveyors. Anyone who has been to a grocery store knows what a conveyor belt is, but these things can be scaled up to work with larger loads too. They provide continuous movement between specific points over a fixed path. Since they run continuously, they can move high volumes very quickly, and they're a relatively low-cost system over their lifetime. However, they're expensive to install up front, and they're a permanent fixture, so they act like a monument in manufacturing settings. They don't offer any flexibility, and they're not self-loading, which means you still need a secondary material handling system to get things off and on the conveyor. Next up are drag chains. These refer to a system of tracks in the floor from which chains will pull wheeled carts, hence the drag chains. They're very similar to conveyors in terms of their advantages and disadvantages. But it's worth noting they become prohibitively expensive at higher weights, and since they're built into the floor, they can turn into a tripping hazard. Now we come to probably one of the most recognizable material handling systems, forklifts or fork trucks. These are wheeled vehicles that use forks to support or hold loads and drive them around. There's a dizzying array of forklift-style vehicles, ranging from small, smart car-style forklifts that can only handle small to mid-size loads, up to giant fork vehicles that can lift literal tons. There are also some really interesting designs, like high-reach fork trucks that can reach the very tippy tops of warehouse storage racks that go up 10 to 20 feet. Probably the best thing about forklifts is, like air casters, they're really flexible. You can drive them over variable paths and use them to move in and out of buildings. They can also provide at least some vertical movement, and they're typically self-loading. You just drive them up to the load, position the forks under or around the load, and lift. They definitely have their fair share of disadvantages, though. They require certified operators, and they require ongoing maintenance, so they're pretty expensive over their lifetime. They also require plenty of open floor space to maneuver. Their turning radius is pretty poor, and they can turn into a safety hazard pretty easily. They also produce air quality issues through their exhaust, which means they're basically unusable in certain environments, like clean rooms. A close cousin of forklifts would be industrial trucks and transfer carts. These are also wheeled vehicles, but they're usually smaller. Sometimes they include powered drives, and sometimes they just use human push power. They're generally pretty easy to use and operate, and sometimes they can even be remote controlled. However, because they tend to fall on the smaller side, they have significant weight limitations, especially the models without power drives. Humans can only push so much weight before you start running into ergonomic safety issues. Unless you're using air casters. Right, but I thought we said we weren't going to play favorites. Just stating facts here, but speaking of favorites, 
Our next category of material handling system is clearly a favorite of industrial and manufacturing sites everywhere. Overhead cranes. These are cranes that lift loads from above and move them over a set path. It's no wonder so many operations like cranes. They can work with loads of all shapes and sizes, and there are a ton of flexible configurations and uses possible. A lot of facilities default to cranes whenever they're not sure what else to use, because cranes can move just about anything. However, they're very expensive to install and operate, probably one of the most expensive solutions to use. Like forklifts, they require certified operators, and they can be slow to operate. That can lead to situations where one load is having to wait on a crane to finish delivering the previous load and come back again. And suspending heavy loads above workers' heads is obviously going to create some safety concerns. In fact, even just attaching heavy loads to the cranes creates safety concerns. If you're not careful, you can lose a finger trying to manipulate the heavy connections. For real, yeah, the sheer number of safety regulations you have to worry about multiply as soon as you lift a load in the air. Like all of the systems we're talking about today, from air casters through cranes, they all have their advantages and disadvantages. It just depends on your application which is going to be the best fit. But before we go there, we have one more left. Right. I thought there was one more. Yep. Rails. These are very similar to drag chains or conveyor belts. They're a system of tracks along which carts or rail cars can run. They have a low operating cost and can move loads fast along a fixed path. However, like conveyors and drag chains, they're not self-loading. They're a trip hazard, they only work on one set path, and they're a permanent installation. They're also pretty expensive to install up front. Okay, so that's really a lot of systems to think about. How do people choose which is the right one for their needs? Well, this is where those seven questions come into play. We'll take a deeper dive into each question during this limited series podcast, but let's go ahead and introduce them now. Number one. What does the load weigh? Number two, how much flexibility or maneuverability is required? Number three, how often and how far does the load have to be moved? Number four, what's the cost of the system? Number five, how do you make the load loadable? Can I jump in real quick? Sure. What we mean about making a load loadable is what we were saying about some of the systems not being self-loading. If the system can't get the load attached and hooked up on its own, you have to figure out some way to make that happen. So, maybe questions 1 through 4 are pointing you to conveyor belts, but you need the system to be self-loading. That's going to cross off conveyor belts, and you'll have no choice but to go with something else. But we'll get into that issue when we talk about question number 5. Good clarification. Okay, so that was number 5. Okay, so here's question number 6. What kind of training and certifications are required? And number 7. What are the safety considerations of each system? So, we're going to take each of these questions one at a time, starting in our next episode with question number one, what does the load weigh? Right. This is kind of the fundamental question because not all material systems can move all weights, and that's the first thing you have to figure out. But we'll get to that in our next episode. So, where can people find us if they want to know more about quickly, safely, and cost-effectively moving heavy objects? They can subscribe to this podcast anywhere they normally listen to podcasts. Or they can visit our home website at www.aerogo.com. That's www.aerogo.com. And until next time, thank you for joining us. See you soon.